0: Hello, and welcome to the Symmetry Sessions podcast, where we talk about all things healthy, wealthy, and wise. This is episode two. I'm your host, Heather McPaul, and today we're gonna talk about embracing your future self. I'm joined by Joanna Doherty, owner of Juniper Tree Counseling in Haddonfield, New Jersey. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey,
1: Joanna, welcome. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about this topic. I've been thinking about it a lot. And embracing the future self, right? Yeah. So I was thinking about how in Buddhist teachings they talk about how you're not who you were five minutes ago, never mind years ago, and how we're kind of always evolving, you know?
1: Yeah, that's the hope, right?
0: That's the hope, right? And so... Like, embracing the future self is kind of an interesting topic, because we're always supposed to be moving towards something different, an, an evolution, a, mm-hmm. more of a knowing of yourself, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I think
1: about, you know, how women in their 40s and 50s and 60s will talk about how differently they see things than when they were in, say, their 20s or 30s. Um, yeah because it is that knowing of yourself right
0: and i think part of that evolution that might get halted for people is the identity narrative you know um sometimes we grow up with a very fixed mindset of who we're supposed Mm to be and you and i had previously talked about like my gripes with the education system and (laughs) you know supposed to know what you're going to do for the rest of your life at the age of 17, mm-hmm. 18 years old yeah. and how kind of dumb that is <laughs> because
1: go ahead. small, small minded or short sighted, right? Like it's only looking at it like you can only be one thing. That's You can be true. many things.
0: You can, you can be hummingbirds, right? Yes. And a little over here and a little over there. Um, And I I get that some people, like, right from the get-go, they just know what they want to be. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a nurse. I want to be whatever. And that's great. But I feel like for most people, um, sometimes they don't know, and then they kind of get stuck in something, or something kind of presents itself. And then when they want to make a change, um, that fixed mindset comes up, and they don't know that they can move in a different direction.
1: Yeah, and I think even if they can recognize that they want to move and they'd like to move, all of the other things come into play. Yeah. Kind of more the practical, the the financial aspects of it. The what will people think of me? What yeah. you know, what if I do this and I fail? Um, so that can be also part of it, right? Even if you can get out of that fixed mindset and think, oh, I can do something else now. Yeah. How do you get out of your own way to get there?
0: Yeah. And I think a lot about coaching clinicians into, you know, going into private practice for themselves and some of the topics that come up, like you said, like finances is a huge one. Mm -hmm. What's your relationship with money? Absolutely. I always like the question, like if you had to label the relationship as if it was a Facebook status. What is your relationship with money? Is it complicated? (laughs) Are you divorced? (laughs) Um, You know, what does that look like? Because that, especially in our culture, that's
1: a huge thing for people. Right, yes. And, like, all those archetypes of how they relate to money, how they feel about money, how money shows up in all of their relationships. Yeah. Not just, you know, say their career and making money.
0: And is it worth the work-life balance? Mm-hmm. You know, I have, I know a lot of people who work themselves into the ground mm-hmm. um, because of that scarcity mindset of maybe I don't have enough money or whatever, and uh, but there's no time to actually enjoy it. Right.
1: Yeah, and there's such a emphasis in our culture to to work, to work, 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 work yeah. hard, work long, you know, at least depending on your your age and your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, like, I think in some, a lot of people it's ingrained in them. Yeah. You know, my family was farmers. It, like, comes, it goes deep for me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, sure. And, you know, uh, speaking of, like, family and how that contributes to, Um, embracing the future self Mm -hmm. we have to believe that we're worth it whatever the goal is whatever we really want for ourselves Mm -hmm. we have to believe that we can succeed because you know whether you think you can or you think you can't you're right
1: yes yeah part of it's the mindset the mindset yeah because you can do all the things like you know the the preparation of figuring out like what it is I want to do? how can I get there? What, where do I start? Mm-hmm. But then if you even if you do all those things, you can get to a point where your your stuff gets in your way, your parts get in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's why I think I use the term embracing your future self because it's not pushing away the other selves or the other parts. It's acknowledging like you worked really hard to get here. And that's wonderful and here's the next thing and if there's parts that come up that say you don't deserve this you're not worthy Mm -hmm. you can't do it like you said then that can become true
0: right and i think i like the word embracing also because there's some flexibility to that right like We don't get out of a fixed mindset by getting into a fixed mindset. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But so tell me what your history is with embracing your future self.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, for me, I I guess I fell into a, a career in marketing and advertising. I was... I guess, good at it. I think I was good at it, especially upon retrospect. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I did that for 14 years. And then I just, over time, felt, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. I didn't want to do it for the next, whatever, 30 years until I retired. And so I tried different things. You know, I tried volunteering. I tried getting involved running and did all these other things outside of work. But I just felt myself coming back to, this is not what I want to do. And I finally just started the process, and it was a two-year process of like saying yes, this is what I'm going to do. Mine involved going back to graduate school. Um, so that piece of it, though, right? The the thinking about it, the envisioning, right? I used to think, where would I want? I was so tired of pulling up to like you know bland office buildings. Mm. And I thought, where do I want to go? Like, what do I want to pull up to? And it started that visualization, I think, is was key for me in understanding what I wanted and, and where it was. Um, I don't know that I said, like, I'd always toyed with I should be a therapist or I should do this maybe someday. And I think when I started visualizing, like, where would I get? How would I get to work and where would I go? Mm-hmm. So, um, Yeah, so that's why I recommend sometimes like that, those visualization activities. Um, I say, you know, I think sometimes people are like, would I like to be a teacher? I don't know. Would I like to be a teacher? I have no idea. How do I know if I want to be a teacher? Well, is that environment and a place you would want to look? You know, I think people find that pick the career, pick the job, and then decide if they fit. It fits. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it kind of from other directions of, what am I doing? Who? Who am I interacting with? Am I interacting with people every day? Am I by myself every day? Am I part of a big team? Do I, I don't know, like all those different factors that come into play. Yeah,
0: and I think also things like, you know, the skills that you have. Am I Mm going to be able to be my most creative self in this, in whatever this goal is? Can I be my, just my my own personality in this? Mm -hmm. Or am I, you know... Uh, is everything I I do going to be kind of under a, a structure or somebody else's control?
1: And is that okay with you? Right. Yeah, it might be fine. Some with people you. don't want
0: to be in charge.
1: Right. <laughs> and that's okay. absolutely yeah, yeah, absolutely. So
0: you know, you you talked about that visualization of mm-hmm. approaching a uh, what building would you want to mm-hmm. be approaching, and so. What other factors do you think helped you identify a vision for what you wanted?
1: Yeah, I had started to practice years earlier than that, where I would, every time I had an idea of, like, when I grow up, I'm going to be in blank. I would write on a piece of paper and put it in a box. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what I was intending to do with it, but then years later I found the box. And when I took the pieces of paper out of the box, there were, like, two primary... Things I wanted to do one was to be a writer and the other one was to or write a book and the other one was to be a therapist there were some other random ones in there as well but um <laughs> I love that, those though. there seemed to be a theme right and I think yeah. just even capturing that and writing it down mm. helped me kind of make some sense of all my thoughts and you know maybe even yeah. like kind of my deeper you know, purpose, right? Like my more intuitive self. Um, I think marketing and advertising fit me at the time, um, for various reasons, but over time, I don't think it was aligned to my true self. Um, so even kind of listening to intuition, which I think was what what I was doing when I wrote it down on pieces, little slips of paper.
0: Yeah. I, I, that is a really good point, right? That inner intuition, because sometimes our defense mechanisms and, and our protective parts of us, they come up with a different narrative that can sound like intuition, but, but really might not be. So how do you think we separate that to really get to know that gut feeling of what feels true for us?
1: Mm. And I think that's why some of that, like those visualization activities, some of the exploration when you can find some quiet time Mm. to look at how do I feel about this? What happens to my, in my body when I think about, you know, being a therapist or Mm -hmm. being a teacher or being a nurse, like Mm -hmm. can I handle it? Do I feel excited more than I feel scared? Right. Shitless. (laughs) So,
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, and for me, I think, you know, the creative stuff really helps that subconscious stuff mm-hmm. come out, like using collage and art, mm-hmm. or I love I love a good Pinterest board mm-hmm. of just right. images or articles about those things I'm tinkering with. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was a big part of how I built Symmetry of Self, because, um, you know, I I had colors. I had, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and having this sort of visual thing really helps make that a little bit more real, I think, too. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. And doable. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think you kind of helped me think through the name of my practice, but then when I looked back, I'd been using this tree metaphor for quite a while in some yeah. of my art journaling, and it's, interesting to see where it was popping up and I wasn't aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Synchronistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think even exploring what would I want to do? What would, like, I know we talked before about contentment and joy, right? Where, where can I find some joy? And if it's not in my work, am I finding enough joy in the rest of my life? You know, if my job and my life is so stressful and I, I'm feeling stuck and I need a change, how do I increase my contentment? How do I find mm-hmm. something that... How do we
0: balance it out, right? Yeah. Because yeah. we also had talked about, like, the, the trade-off,
1: mm-hmm. you know?
0: And is, is the job that you're working, you know, long hours in, is, is that money really worth the price of your mental health? Right. And you know what? I think this is also, you know, kind of goes into other roles that we might play. Mother mm-hmm. or parenthood,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know. Um, uh, you know, so many things, right? Yeah. The house you want to buy or, you know, mm-hmm. any of these sort of th- gold It could be anything, really. Mm-hmm. It's not just work, but work right. seems to be a big one for people. And I especially feel that COVID mm-hmm. has put a lot of that stuff in perspective because we, and maybe not weirdly enough, but like a lot of people have seen with different eyes how much their company actually cares about them (laughs) through through all of this, you know, layoffs and furloughs and, you know, uh, uh, losing their job or, you know, the stopping of certain uh, key benefits and things like that. Um, really have put things in perspective for people and you know maybe that's sparked for a lot of people wanting something more but mm-hmm. maybe it doesn't just stop at the job maybe it stops at quality of life right like right. I want a vacation I want to right I want decent health benefits <laughs> right um yeah. that's been big
1: I think as mm-hmm. everybody's moved to telehealth uh, over the year so yeah yeah and I know that like when I had that corporate job, I just lived for my vacation. Every time I was living yeah. for vacation. And then it was like, I don't want to live for my vacation. I want to live. Yeah. And I love vacation. I love to travel. And do I look back with, like, kind of envy of my past self? like <laughs> Just some <laughs> of the traveling I did? Um, yes. But I want, I know I'll do more. I know it, it's different now, but I think it was different now anyway. COVID made it different. Life uh-huh. makes it different. Uh-huh.
0: Um, yeah. I also just think you know that there's never really a good time to do difficult things. Well, right. And yep. one of the things that I often use an analogy with, you know, treating uh, my clients is that this is the evolution of yourself, the healing of those parts of you. It's like birth. You're birthing mm-hmm. yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And with birth comes pain right? You can't give birth without a little pain. <laughs> a little. A little, yeah, at least a little. Um, <laughs> no matter what good drugs you have, mm-hmm. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> that shit's gonna hurt, right? right? And and so, but that shouldn't be the thing that deters us. It should be the thing that tells us it's working, like mm-hmm. we're, we're, that, that, that isn't necessary necessarily failure as much as part
1: of the process. Right. Right, and I think that's one of the things, too, is to identify, like, you know, is it pain because it's a process and I'm moving toward the future I want? Yeah. Or is it, like, this isn't working and this is uncomfortable? You know, I think that can be a hard thing to differentiate. Mm-hmm. But I also think that's why, you know, people who start new things say you have to give it time. You can't make the decision on the things that are hard because it's always hard it's always hard
0: i mean i think part of what helps that is having whatever the goal is be in alignment with your core values as a person you know
1: that that it means something Mm -hmm. and i think knowing what your core values are you know, I think a lot of people are kind of like, oh, like they haven't done yeah. Well, like they haven't done the work, or they haven't had the time to do the work, or the space to do the work. You know, I think maybe things like layoffs and you know your company not treating you well give you permission to say, wait, I am gonna look at my values and see mm-hmm. what I have to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think the other thing is, like, you know. I think people who would identify themselves as like having ADHD or being impulsive, like for those types of people, I think maybe they do need to slow it down and really watch their interests and see if it hangs around because Mm -hmm. they might Mm -hmm. think, oh, I want to be an organizer because I would love to help people organize because I love to do that. And then that gets boring. That gets boring. Or they do twice and people annoy them and... And that's not what's making them truly happy. And I think, you know, that's why I think some of it of taking the time and the space to consider all those things, your values. How does, how do things align with your values? Are yeah, they, yeah. The balance, the money, the. Commitment. Um, the commitment, the fear, mm-hmm. the what do I have to do to get from A to B? Like, yeah. hmm
0: yeah, and one of the things I think I ask people when they're considering a life change is mm-hmm. what's always been consistent for you? Mm-hmm. What's the one thing that's never let you down mm-hmm. in your own qualities as a person or in your value system or in your hobbies? Mm-hmm. And is it I think hard that's for people good, to answer that? Um, not always, okay. but I think it's a good place to start. Yeah, no, it's a great place to start, mm. yeah. So, um, what do you think people could do, like a few things that they could do today to
1: make progress towards future self? I think, you know, I think you and I have both done, um, Julia Cameron's... Yeah. Yeah. The artist's way. The artist's way, right? And so in the artist's way, the two of the things that I always loved about the artist's way and continue to do occasionally at different spurts of my life is the morning pages. Morning pages. You just basically put on paper all the crap. just brain dump. Yeah. Yeah. And all the crap that's in your head that's getting in the way. And then artist dates, which is like she suggests once a month you do something that is, you know, by yourself not with a partner not with a spouse not with a friend not with a kid just like you alone because you're not worried about anybody else then and you know I'm not saying it has to be an artist date but I'm just saying like taking the time to connect with those parts and that future self date yourself date yourself yeah yeah and you know like do a visualization you know I think I've mentioned you before that one from Tara Moore where it's like you're kind of visiting your yourself 40 years in the future i'm gonna put that in the show notes yeah put that in the show notes because i think it's a great one to just kind of get you in that mindset of like oh where am i in the future and and she does a great job of guiding you there and getting any message from your future self and bringing it back um it's funny because i'm thinking of somebody who had a really strong reaction to that Mm. And I think it was because they, they were really unhappy in what they were doing at the time. And now I I know that they've made a big change um, in their career. And I think maybe that was part of the the process was giving right. yourself permission to to visualize that to look at that
0: and also to admit to yourself what isn't working anymore. Right. Right. I think yeah. there's some grief to leaving parts, Absolutely. not
1: parts of us behind, but like old identities. Right. Hmm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny because I was talking with somebody recently about how they were like, I don't like change. I don't like change. I don't like change. And then I was like, I don't think it's change that you dislike. It was, it's like the discomfort. It's the feelings that you don't like and learning to be okay with the feeling, um, is part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and I think you know some other kind of practical things people can do is like if you do have an interest, right? If you keep saying, "Oh, I do kind of want to go be a massage therapist," talk to someone. Yeah. Network. Reach out. I, you know, I am always happy to talk about talk to people who are interested in going back to school and becoming a social worker or a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think somebody asked in like a Facebook group one day recently who went back in their, you know, after kids and in their thirties and tell me about it. And I was like, I did it in my thirties before I had kids, but, and it's the best decision I ever made. Yeah.
0: Um, what was I going
1: to say? Maybe about the researching and talking to people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like I'm a, I'm a huge fan in, in any decision coming with a lot of education um the way I practice therapy is very education heavy I want my clients to know everything that I know about that Mm -hmm. stuff um but also I just think it's strategic um so that you really know what you're getting into and you know Mm -hmm. all
1: sides of it and you go into this with very open eyes Mm -hmm. Um, well right because it's people always say like oh well the grass isn't always greener well it might not be greener but maybe it's a grass you like better yeah You know? Maybe I don't like grass. Maybe I like sand. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Or, you know, there's... I think no grass is like, you know, in terms of the metaphor, or like a golf course. You know, there's some weeds. There's some issue. Like, there's some part of it that isn't, like, glamorous. You know? Like, as a therapist, is insurance glamorous? No. Dealing with insurance companies? (laughs) No. No. I wouldn't recommend that part of it to anybody, but... It's a part of the work, and I'm willing to do it because it's a part of the work. That's right.
0: That's right. And in the scheme of things, it's a small part.
1: Right. A- at least it should be. <laughs> I know. Well, depending on how not, you feel about it. If it's right. not, give me a call, and I'll help <laughs> you with that. But I think, you know, for, for most people, it should be. But if if there's a fear around that, if there's a lack yeah. of knowledge around that, then that can become the thing that
0: Yeah, so let's talk people. about the fears and how do we face that? How do we confront mm-hmm. that? What, you know, where do we start with yeah. fear? I
1: think, you know, like with all things, name it. Yeah. Name yeah. it first, and then you can figure out what to do with it later.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, and I think, you know, that I like the saying that courage isn't the absence of fear it's just doing the thing anyway Mm -hmm. and that you know again it goes back to like there's never going to be there's never going to be a good time to do difficult things there's always going to be some part of you that's like i don't know about Mm -hmm. this but we don't necessarily have to agree with that right we could just notice that yes Mm -hmm. this is scary because it's unknown uncharted territory
1: Mm -hmm. and that's okay right or to identify as like this is uncomfortable You know, this is the part that makes me uncomfortable, the unknown or the, I don't know, the imposter syndrome or the, you know, those are the things that give us pause and that's okay. It doesn't mean you have to avoid and run away from it. It also doesn't mean you have to like tackle it and beat it up. Just to start with, I noticed that.
0: Yeah. And I think recently I've been talking to people about what their history is tolerating discomfort. Mm Mm-hmm how did you learn or not learn how to do that mm-hmm.
1: and right. if you need
0: tools for that that's where therapy is really
1: um, a necessary thing you know right yeah it can be really helpful to figure out and I think that's the thing if there are fears that are like if I do this I might end up homeless I'm like I'm not saying mortgage your home you know it's <laughs> to say like okay right. well how do I how do I figure this out that's a way that will keep me and my family or just me safe and Uh and that eventually i can get to a point of thriving and what is what am i looking for and kind of think being clear on those things like clear what does success look like
0: no venture comes without risk though Mm. right and so that's where i think the education piece is Mm -hmm. so important because at least you're very aware and you can weigh that Mm -hmm. against you know like right whether or not the risk is doable.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes, like, figuring out, like, what is the thing that's, that I'm disliking mm. about where I currently am. Yeah. Right? Like, because I think that gives you information, too. It doesn't have to all be, what am I looking for? What are all the, the positives I want? It's, like, also, like, well, what are the things that you dislike right now? Yeah, you know, I always feel like that's always where I start.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, even with, like, buying a house, this Mm -hmm. time around, I definitely know what I don't want. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, I think that's a great place to Mm -hmm. start. This is what I don't want for my future. I don't want to be working 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, whatever. I don't want to work for someone who doesn't appreciate me. I don't want whatever, whatever. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Or I want to work for a company that has, you know cares about some of the same values that I do, are inclusive or are anti-racist or or doing that work. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that is important to some people. Sure,
0: sure. You also mentioned imposter syndrome earlier, Mm -hmm. and I always like to tell people that uh, I read this article on imposter syndrome, and it said that statistically people who experience imposter syndrome are more intelligent, and more mm. successful statistically. So I always remind myself when I notice that imposter part that I must be onto something
1: or that wouldn't be coming right. up. <laughs> That's so, a great takeaway. It's great yeah. thing to know. Yes. So I share
0: that with people so that mm-hmm. they can recognize that voice and not necessarily agree with it. It doesn't have to stop you. You can take that as, yeah, that part's really scared of this, but that doesn't mean we don't do it. Right,
1: exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. We might be onto something here.
1: Right. How do we keep moving forward and yeah. how do we embrace that? Yeah. 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 I just had another thought, but then it left me, so maybe it'll come
0: back. Maybe it'll come back. Yeah. So we talk about money a lot, but resources mm-hmm. is another kind of mm-hmm. area, uh, I guess, an umbrella term mm-hmm. that also has money in it, but like, you know, resources can be limited for people who, um, have a dream or have Mm -hmm. a aspiration or want to make a, Mm a move of some sort in their lives.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, some people are encouraged at a young age to pursue some of those things, right? You think about people who were musically talented or theatrically talented. They may have tried, Broadway and Mm. auditioning and then maybe that wasn't their future, right? Because that's a hard thing to do, right? And there's uh, there are other people who spend like their lives thinking, oh, if only I had been encouraged to do that. If only I'd been encouraged to follow my dream. If only I had finished college and then could do something different. But they, you know, I think a lot of times we fall into things without mindfulness like just Mm -hmm. kind of what's in our path and and i'm not saying that's wrong but like also recognize on what we started with that like some of those decisions were made when you were 17 18 yeah 20 and your brain isn't fully developed until you're 25 25, so you know like it's okay i i'm a true believer it's never too late Um, i yes yep i joined the military when i was
0: 26 Mm mm-hmm And I became a therapist. I guess I started that process at 31. Mm -hmm. So I really am like, no, you can teach an old dog
1: new tricks. You really can. (laughs) Yeah. I was in my late thirties when I went back to graduate school. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. I was going to say, you mentioned like finding the balance. And one of the things I read this article once that I, I carry with me and I love is the idea that like, we strive for balance, work-life balance, 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 balance. But really, if you look at life, life is ebbing and flowing. Mm-hmm. And so that sometimes there are periods of flow that feel like you're getting, you're in like the deep, deep water, and you're getting waves crash over you. And that other times it really ebbs, and you're standing on the shore, going like, when's the next wave coming? Yeah. And it's to see if you can tolerate that, or um, be aware that that is that what's happening. Um, cause I think sometimes people make decisions when they're in the deep water and, mm. and are overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like recognizing that, I don't know that anything's ever in perfect balance.
0: Yeah. No, a state of flux. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. But that you want there to be like when it's ebb, it feels okay. When it's flow, it feels right, okay. Right. And that you can handle it.
0: Yeah, but I also think that that requires some flexibility on our part in not just tolerating it, but also advocating for it. Right. You know, I just posted an article the other day on our Facebook page for the practice. Uh, it was an article about how Americans just don't know, they don't do well with leisure mm-hmm. time. They don't know, how, we don't know how to relax, <laughs> So we do prioritize, and that's what this country is built on, really, mm-hmm. prioritizing gains, financial mm-hmm. gains, uh, you know, uh, bigger, better, mm-hmm. more, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, we don't prioritize the rest part of that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, finding that balance means that sometimes I will have to work overtime, or, you know, but, but also I can tolerate that, but, and also I'm creating space so that I can have some leisure time. Because otherwise, how good am I really at the other roles that I play in my life if I'm not taking care of myself? And right. And leisure time is important for that. Mm-hmm. And we have to tolerate the stillness just as much as the busy time.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. Certainly, people definitely use the, the busyness of life to avoid a lot of things. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's something to look
0: at. If you want mm-hmm. more for your life, you know, what... What have you learned about stopping and being still and listening mm-hmm. in and um, tolerating that discomfort mm-hmm.
1: that goes along with that? Right, which is where like things like the artist date or the, you know, maybe it's like future self date. Like, how, yeah. how am I connecting to this? How am I understanding this future self if I'm just constantly running and doing? And I'll get to, to, to it later,
0: right? Yeah. And we hear this a lot. I'm going to work, I'm going to work, I'm going to work, and someday mm-hmm. I'm going to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Mm-hmm. But someday might, I mean, we can't account for someday. Right. right. Exactly. So why not enjoy some of it now? Right. In some way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, somebody had shared with me, this is not mine, from this, like, three versions of you, mm. um, which is, I think, from, like, the 1980s, these, like, two women, these two researchers, mm. um, what they might become, what they would like to become, and what they are afraid of becoming. Mm. Uh-huh gives you more information gives you more to think about to share with your therapist
0: (laughs) yeah I definitely I definitely hear though what I'm afraid to become a lot yeah and I think that's important that's definitely something that needs to be processed and to really understand that that might not even be a realistic view of Mm -hmm. yourself um and I think you know i always go back to that scene did, did you ever see the movie *E. pray love um, no i read the book the book is great mm-hmm. too elizabeth gilbert love her um the movie i liked um mm-hmm. julia roberts anyway in her venture to italy they're sitting around a table and they're talking about what word they are mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. so um one girl says um I forget what she said her word is and then they ask the main character what's your word and she says "Mm, wife not so good girlfriend also not so good I think my word is writer and and somebody at the table says but Liz that's what you do that's not who you are and I think that's also something to explore as we look at future mm-hmm. self, because it's not just about what am I going to do with the rest of my mm-hmm. life? It's really, who am I going to, who do I want to be? Right. Yeah. And honestly, I think it's ridiculous to try to define yourself in one word, but. Right. <laughs> but the point is, <laughs> there's so much more to us than right. what we do. Right.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. It's like one word. No, like an animal I can maybe do. (laughs) (laughs) What animal are you? Well, all of these, uh,
0: uh, you know, give us some perspective uh, about how we see ourselves.
1: Right. And how we want to see ourselves. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the embracing the future self and maybe it's the future selves. Like, it doesn't have to stop. like. Well, right, because the
0: evolution isn't going to stop after you've decided, this is what I'm going to do and who I'm going to be now.
1: Right, or, you know, and I think it's a lot of, you know, what's next? What's the right next thing for me? I think that's, Glennon Doyle talks about that. Like, what's the right next thing to do? Yeah. Right? So not getting, because I think sometimes people get overwhelmed by the too big, right? Like, well, what if I don't know? I did some of that, like, mind mapping stuff when I started my practice, which was helpful of like what did I want this to look like? Mm-hmm. Should go back and find that and mm-hmm. see how it matches up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so what else do we want to say
1: about that? Yeah, and I think we've covered a lot of it. I know one of the things mm. that came up when I was thinking about this topic for me was You know, and having discussions with some clients about, you know, this idea of, like, go big or go home. Oh, yeah. That's also so very American. American. yeah. And that, like, I don't want you to stay small, but you could be medium and content, and that's great. Um, I don't think you have to think, oh, let me go big, or it's not worth it. Because some people get so, like... um, Frozen, paralyzed by that. Yeah. Um, you know, if somebody says, "Oh, I want to write this book, or I want to, I want to share this blog with the world," and then they their head goes into this place of like, "Well, what if I need to then speak in front of ten thousand people at a TED conference?" <laughs> well, well, that's not... I wish problem. that was a gateway yeah, to TED Chucks. Yeah, but, like, I think they're... They are they kind of go to that, like, they jump Extreme. ahead. Yeah. Extreme, you know? The brain just goes, no, you can't do that! That's probably part, right? Yeah. You can't do that? Yeah. Who do you yeah. think you are? Too vulnerable. That's Too right. vulnerable. And then, so it's like, okay, well, what are you comfortable with? What would be okay if 10 people read mm-hmm. your blog? Mm-hmm. If 100 people? If...
0: Yeah, and I think it's important to keep that perspective of, you know, I don't need to be the best... Right. I just want to be good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with mediocre either. Right. (laughs) Well,
1: because I think so many people get up like, think they need to be big or the best or, and then they get caught up in that and that changes them and they get further and further away from their values and who they want to be. Yeah. And inadvertently become who they didn't want to become. Yeah. So it's a lot of exploration. I think I think it's a lot of exploration. And then I think once you kind of have identified that, then it becomes more practical. Like, how do I get from here to there? Yeah. What do I need
0: to know that mm-hmm. I don't know? Mm-hmm. What tools do I need? Yeah. Right.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Well, this has been good. Yeah. So tell me, let's, let's talk about, why don't you tell our listeners um, more about what you do and where people
1: can find you, which I will also put in the show notes. Sure. So I have a solo practice in Haddonfield called Juniper Tree Counseling. Um, and I work mostly with individuals um, and adults, usually women, um, working on transitions, embracing the future self, on trauma, on loss and grief. Yeah, and I think, you know, I was listening to a podcast earlier today, and they always ask their people, um, their guests, what are you putting out into the world? Mm. And I think, you know, what I hope to be putting out in the world is kind of some acceptance of our humanity mm. and of who we are and the things that we've been through. And then, like, once we kind of have an understanding that, where do we go from here? Yeah. So is that your future self talking? Probably.
0: <laughs>
1: I like it. Potentially, I'll 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 call you back later and let you know. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So I have my website, um, JTreeCounseling I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, yeah. Thank and you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, for thank you so having much. Me.
0: Yes, and um, I hope to see you in the future.
1: I hope so, too. (laughs) I hope our future selves meet. (laughs) Meet. Yes. (laughs) Yes. All right, take good care. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Please see the show notes if you're interested in connecting with Joanna Doherty at Juniper Tree Counseling. If you're interested in being on the Symmetry Sessions, please find the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening and stopping by. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Until next time.